Welcome to Legal Tea, the podcast where interview lawyers bring beyond corporate law. Each week you'll hear about their practice area, the work that they do, and the roads they've taken to get there. I'm your host, Max Herberg. Welcome back to another episode, folks. How's everybody doing? I hope you've all been able to enjoy the summer. I'm currently recording from Singapore and trying not to melt as I make this recording, so please bear with me. This week, we sit down with Kira Unger, co-founder and CEO of Pocket Law, an all-in-one legal platform servicing in-house teams and other businesses with all matters law. In the episode, we discuss what Pocket Law does, how to stand out in a crowded legal tech marketplace, and changing the paradigm of lawyers from cost centers to drivers of value and change. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, brew yourself a cuppa, and enjoy the show. Good morning, Kira. Welcome to Legal Tea Podcast. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm great, thank you. Great to be here. It's great to have you here. Now, we've got a lot to talk about, but before we jump in, Kira, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I'm Kira. I'm CEO and co-founder of Pocket Law, which is a B2B SaaS company in the legal tech space. I founded Pocket Law together with my childhood friend, Olga Beckfriss. Today, Pocket Law is headquartered in Stockholm and London, and we have thousands of customers across Europe. I have a master in law from Stockholm University. And before Pocket Law, I worked as an M&A associate at the Nordic's leading business law firm, Mannen & Svackley. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about Pocket Law. What's it trying to achieve in the legal tech space? Sure. Law is a legal management platform that enables teams to manage legal cross-org more effectively than ever before. And how we do that is that in the platform, you can do everything from create, collaborate on, sign, track, store, and analyze all your contracts to automating legal workflows and managing tasks in in one place. The platform also includes an extensive up-to-date template library covering multiple jurisdictions. So essentially by using automation, data, AI, proprietary legal content and intuitive self-serve tools, we allow any team to speed up their legal processes and empower every team and organization to work more autonomously while also decreasing risk of human errors and maintaining a high company standard at scale. Fantastic. And so I just wanted to discuss that point that you mentioned about a legal management system. How does a legal management system differ from a conventional matter management system? So we found a pocket on the idea and it's very much still our mission to build one system for legal and the reason for this is the actual problem around legal is really twofold it's about getting it done and getting it right Uh, so the first part is really around processes signing tracking workflows storing and so on and the second part is about legal material so understanding discovering and accessing legal knowledge so in form of templates market practice playbooks what to do what not to do and so on and we believe 
that having one single system rather than multiple ones will reduce risk, cut costs, minimize human errors, decrease loss of data, avoid teams working in silos, and really create a more rewarding way of working. Now, Pocket Law's offering sounds very extensive. And it's almost kind of funny because typical business advice is to focus on a niche and specialize in that niche before branching out. Why did you and your co-founder decide differently with Pocket Law? That's a great question, Max. So we have always had one clear vision, and that's to create a world of fully unlocked business opportunities. So the decision to offer more of an extensive platform or an extensive part offering was driven by the understanding for the challenges that businesses face when it comes to legal work and the desire to not only improve, but to truly transform and reshape the future of legal and business. So to provide some more context, we have three core beliefs that really guides all our product development. The first one is that legal knowledge should be democratized. Any team should be able to protect their business and be compliant regardless of financial muscles. The second one is that anyone in a team should be able to do legal work with confidence. And the last one being that legal teams must be enabled to transition from being a bottleneck and a deal blocker to an opportunity facilitator that proactively protects the company. So while, as you said, like conventional wisdom suggests that focusing on a niche or specializing in one area is what you should do, Pocolo took a different approach. And it's to be able to realize those three beliefs, essentially. So firstly, it's about accessibility to all businesses. If you specialize in one area, your product might be less relevant for some companies in some industries and so on. Whereas our decision to focus on, to providing a more, to a broader platform was to realize the mission of really empowering teams worldwide to manage legal in an efficient, scalable, user-friendly way, like regardless of industry and from the startup to the Fortune 500. And it's also because we believe that if you provide a more comprehensive service, that you will also have a much more significant business impact long-term. So by offering a range of product, we can cater to more comprehensive needs. It also ensures flexibility and scalability. So as your product evolves, you can tap into other tools and make use or leverage different parts of the system or more parts of the system as your needs evolve and change. Then like on this, I think the era of niche or point solutions are coming to an end. And where we'll see a move, or we have started to see in the last couple of years, a move towards a consolidation of tools to save the $10. And like talking to peers and what we've seen lately happening in other industries is that this is also being speeded up in sort of the recent macroeconomic changes. So where teams are reviewing their current tech stack and realizing that they have like a couple of thousand tools in their stack. And wanting to cut out all the non-significant ones. So I also think that having a more comprehensive tool is a better bet to future-proof your product. One of the things which I found quite interesting was the centrality of these beliefs and values to the mission that Pocket Law seeks to create in its growth. I was wondering if you could take us back Tell us how these beliefs and values were formed, the backstory 
that led you to create Pocket Law? Absolutely. So the idea for Pocket was first sparked when Olga and I exchanged experiences from our respective previous works. So back in 2018, I was working as an M&A lawyer at Mannheim and Svartling. And at the firm, I was exposed to archaic nature of the legal industry. And I saw firsthand how companies were really suffering from their quite manual and painful legal processes. So in every transaction I worked on, teams kept making the same mistakes, having the same outdated contracts, and people were storing their legal documents in all different places. So in Drive or on their desktop, on SharePoint, or even in folders in their drawers. And like people were barely using e-signing back then. And it was not even that long ago. But the transition or the digital transformation hadn't really started to, to happen fully yet. At the same time, Olga was working as a management consultant at McKinsey. She was part of something called McKinsey Digital Labs. And when working there, she worked on a lot of digital transformation projects and really got exposed to and got to see sort of the benefits of that in Sweden, but also in the UK and in Germany. So when we were exchanging experiences, Olga said to me, so she's like, no, computer, it must be digital tools. And I'm like, yeah, there's a bunch, but like most of them are law firms, not really that many focusing on companies. And we started digging into the problem a bit more and like spoke to different companies of all different sizes and talked about sort of the needs, the pains, why they weren't leveraging more technology and so on. And then Olga said, you know, we should start a tech company, scale overnight. <laughs> that's not really how it went, but that's at least how we started. So we found a book law in 2018 to leverage technology and to shape the future of legal. Talking about your environment, Sweden is known for being the home of some of the most disruptive businesses in their respective industries, whether it be Klarna, Spotify, or Ikea. Do you feel that kind of growing up and working in Sweden, the, the country facilitates such an ecosystem for innovation and business disruption? Definitely, Max. So both, I think, in a systematic way, but also from a social foundation, if you will. So... Like for starters, in Sweden, employers are obligated to grant their employees a six-month sabbatical to start their own company. So during this time, you basically have a, your job held for you, which gives you sort of this safety net should your entrepreneurial pursuit not pan out. And this really made the decision for Olga and me to jump ship so much this year. Then we also have... Like I think a very strong like social security network, access to healthcare, access to government support, funding, loans, and so on. And actually, like back in 2018, Olga and I applied for and was rewarded a financial grant of 200k euros from Vinova, which is Sweden's innovation center. And this is really what made it possible for us to start a company. We could hire the first people, start building the product. And lastly, as you said, growing up in the home country of some global leaders like Klarna, Spotify, Skype, but also H&M, Ikea, Ericsson, Avicii, ABBA, and gives you the courage and also the belief that even if we may be from a small country, we have the possibility to have a significant impact on the world. And talking about kind of disruption then back in the legal tech space, it almost feels, from my understanding, that 
the disruptor that was supposed to be legal tech is itself almost becoming a little fossilized and crowded since its first launch. You were saying yourself being overwhelmed with all these point solutions and not much interoperability between them. How can people see past through the marketing buzzwords that some companies offer and identify tools and offerings that are of actual value? And this is a very interesting topic. And I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of just jumping into solving one problem that is right in your face, but it's so narrow that it will never truly move the needle. Business transactions spans across the entire organization. So in order to really make a difference, you need to empower every team in your organization to be able to manage legal in an easy way and at scale. As with any tech stack, the team that evaluating which product they want to choose needs to really think about what they want to achieve using the software. And if the value of achieving that will have a material impact on the business long term. It's so easy to focus on automating one workflow where frequency of friction may be high, but business impact is low. An example would be like automating NDAs or using a plugin in Word for drafting contracts faster or introducing a chatbot to deal with some recurring questions. And like, I'm not saying those tools aren't good tools. I'm just saying that depending on how far you've come in your transformation journey. One must think about prioritizing the things that can drive significant business impact across the whole organization rather than achieving incremental gains. So when looking at the legal software, you should take a step back, look at the bigger picture and think about not only what solves your needs today, but what will solve your needs in like one year from now, three years from now, or perhaps even five years from now, when you know the team is bigger, you have new challenges, more markets, the ever-changing legal landscape, and bet on the thing that will have the maximum return long-term and allow you to build extraordinary use workflows for your whole team. And so taking that concept of significant change and tangible impact, would you be able to share some examples or success stories of how Pocket Law has been able to do that? Absolutely. So since Pocket Law is used by both larger teams in enterprise companies and smaller ones in startups and SMBs, the platform can be used in many different ways. So we have hundreds of customers that sign up because they have like this immediate need. It can be around hiring, they're engaging a consultant or they need to set up a stock option program. So what they will do is they will just sign up, create the documents they need, sign it, store it. And then in less than 10 minutes, they will have done something that could have taken days or possibly weeks and for a fraction of the cost using traditional legal services. And then when it comes to larger teams, where the impact is at another scale, I can provide two of my other favorite examples. So the first one is working with Thea, the UK-based fintech company. That is a company that's grown immensely fast since its founding in 2019. And their legal team really wanted to unblock legal processes while maintaining control and a high company standard and decreasing human errors at scale. So they were also operating across multiple jurisdictions. So they also wanted like bread and butter templates that were high quality. In the process, they were like super diligent and they were of course like evaluating different vendors. And their senior legal counsel, Lorna, was very clear on 
what she wanted to achieve, but she was still very like pragmatic in her approach. So partnering up with them has really been true pleasure. And today there are about 50 users on Pokelaw and they get simple contracts done in like 15 minutes and contracts that used to take two to eight weeks are now done in less than 48 hours. So that is equivalent to more than 10 work weeks saved per year that can now be invested in solving more complex and strategic company challenges. Another thing that you might find interesting is that we, during the process, discuss like less measurable ROIs, which is that the choice of your legal text that can really create a significantly more rewarding and satisfactory way of working, which will, in the long term, increase productivity, accuracy, and can also decrease risk of burnout. And so... Working with Lorna on the team has been, you know, really great. And we've got appreciated, like, the very direct and sort of generous feedback, which has also allowed us to build some of our most appreciated features to date. And then one of my favorite customers is one of our first ones, Baby Bjorn, the very loved baby clothes and accessories retailer. So David, their, their GC, uh, joined as the first lawyer on the team in 2020. And he was very interested in understanding how he could leverage legal tech to really maximize his potential and impact in the business. For Europe, he was quite early in making a bet on legal tech. I think his decision was driven by that he knew that using a legal platform would at least make things significantly better than status quo. And to date, they are more than they are more than six users on the platform utilizing Pocket Law to standardize legal tasks and minimizing legal risks. And they save hundreds of hours every year by using our products for their contract workflows. One of the things I've felt quite interesting, which has been repeated throughout this conversation, is this idea of unblocking opportunities. What were these opportunities? blocked by prior to using Pokelaw? Is it a question of expense, accessibility, know-how? Great question. And I think the answer is everything of the above. Opportunities are blocked differently and there are different opportunities blocked depending on your company. But it's everything from discovering your needs, understanding how to solve them, actually access that document or knowledge for how to solve this, and then creating that product, which is typically around like some kind of document, and then signing, getting it approved, maybe negotiating back and forth. So typically when we ask a company uh, not using any legal stack, how they're working today, you'd get the answer that they have the templates are stored in Drive or in Word. And then any users that needs to create the document will go in there. They will create a copy. They will edit all the variable fields, which is, of course, like marked typically in yellow or with brackets. And then you need to go through all those documents, making sure that you're making the right changes in every place. Having worked as a lawyer myself, and I think everyone listening to this will be able to relate to the feeling of having to read something four times to make sure that you change it in all the relevant places and then you still make mistakes anyway. So this is one part of the problem is like finding it and then doing it and then making sure that it's actually right, verifying it before uh, negotiating, collaborating on it, getting it approved and then getting it signed. Then so many companies, of course, use is signing. So at least like we've come pretty far there, I think. But then post-signing, you need to like the contract still lives. That's when it's, you know, this is your evidence of a business transaction. This is what protects your company. So you need to store this in a safe place and where it's easily accessible and also easily understood and you can extract the data. So there's a whole like 
post-execution part of the process that it can be very time-consuming and risky. I don't know. The vibe that I'm getting is essentially that every company's barrier is unique to that company. And so part of Pocket Law's service offering with its legal management system is to enable it to be tailored to the, the given client and help them unblock their particular barriers. Is that correct? It's correct. And to clarify further, going back to what we talked about earlier, is that the challenges around legal is really two parts. It consists of two parts. So it's the obvious one is the processes, which we talked about, like having the workflows in place, the signing, the tracking, the storing, those parts of it. And then the second part is about the legal material, understanding your needs, addressing them, and accessing typically what would be a document to be able to sufficiently manage that or address that need. So those are two parts of legal the legal problem where we aim to address both. Whereas our competitors typically focus more on the processes. But to me, it's never made any sense to develop a legal software that only solves the problem of process through automation. The only way to truly change how companies manage legal cross-org is to combine software with up-to-date legal content. One of the things I've noted from, from legal tech as an industry is that it's yet to turn profitable. There are very few have, if any. How is Pocket Law confronted itself with this marketplace reality? And what is Pocket Law's approach to profitability? So Pocketo has grown 3x year on year in the past three years. And we're always mindful about keeping the gap to break even one that we're comfortable with so that we can maintain the freedom to change course and strategy fast should we ever need to. How does Pocket Law seek to change the paradigm of lawyers in-house counsel from cost centers to creators and drivers of value within a business? I think this is a very interesting topic. And I also do think that there's a rare momentum in the market right now. This is driven by macroeconomic disruptors such as the pandemic and also recent changes in the macroeconomic landscape. Companies face additional headwinds and the demand for capital efficiency and resource optimization has never been greater. And legal teams are, of course, not exempt from this challenge. Roughly 70% of legal teams report that they've experienced an increased workload since 2020. And 80% of legal leaders don't feel comfortable that they can provide fast and risk-aligned support across the organization. And in addition to this, there's also pressure on teams to demonstrate how they're contributing to the overall success of the company. So we've seen trends now where 38% of legal teams having to report on KPIs, which is a significant increase from before. So when you're expected to deliver more output without increasing spend, or actually I think in many cases, it seems have been lost to cut costs, the only way to even have a chance of meeting such expectation when we also operate in a world with increased regulatory complexity will be to embrace automation and ensure that your team is data-driven, tech-enabled, and as autonomous as 
possible by using platform solutions. And teams that don't commit fully to this transition risk being beaten by competition or in worst case, going out of business. So ultimately how, how pocket law helps legal teams to make this transition from being perceived as this bottleneck or cost centers to becoming these indispensable creators and drivers of value is by freeing up their time and resources and enable teams to proactively defend the company rather than, you know, having to provide this quite ad hoc reactive support that we typically see and allow them instead to like fully embrace their strategic roles and contribute meaningfully to the organization's productivity and success and growth and so on. So if listeners were to take away one thing from this episode, Kira, what should it be? I think it would be that we're operating in a new era of business and the world is changing faster than maybe it's ever done before. And while this creates a lot of exciting opportunities, it can also easily feel a bit overwhelming. The reality is that we need to commit to adapting with quite intense focus and we need to get two steps ahead. To do this, I think we just need to look at a bigger picture. We need to embrace automation, AI systems that can create a personalized, augmented experience. And if we do this, I think that we will be surprised by all the extraordinary things that we'll be able to accomplish. Fantastic. So, Kira, we've talked legal tech, we've talked creation of value, we've talked Sweden's amazing offering of innovative disruptors. Now, here at Legal Tea, we always like to end things on a bit of a lighter note. So my question to you, Kira, is what is your favorite dramatized legal character in a TV or movie and why? Um, easy, Ali McBeal. Uh, <laughs> um, I watched the series, I think I was really young, actually. I'm not sure like you should be that young when you watch the series, but it's like Friends, but... In a law firm. I actually asked my colleague, Victoria, is like, what was your favorite legal character? She's like, easy, Ali McBeal. That was what inspired her to study law. She was a bit surprised though when she started law school and quite, quite disappointed, to be honest. That's amazing. And then second question, what was your most hated law subject in law school? Administrative law. I knew I wanted to do civil law. I decided to be a lawyer when I was 10 years old. My uncle was a lawyer, a business law firm. So like when I was in uh, university, I just knew I was just focusing on the subjects that will get me there. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the podcast. If any of our listeners have any follow-up questions, can they reach out? And if so, how? Absolutely. And it was a really a pleasure to be here today. And if you want to reach out to me, they can do so on LinkedIn or at kira at pocketlaw.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kira. Well, that's the show, folks. If you enjoy learning about Pocket Law and want to know more, feel free to reach out to Kira. We've linked her LinkedIn profile in the show notes below. Enjoying our exquisite brew? Have a knack for social media marketing or podcast editing? And are an avid tea drinker? Come work with us on Legal Tea. Send us an email at hello at legalt.uk or DM us on our social media platforms at legalt.uk. Till next time.